This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who aren't done yet. You may have seen the worst of aging and are hoping there's a better way. There is, and I'm going to show you how. In interviews, book reviews, rants, and stories each week, I'm going to bring you the latest science-based info on how to age better. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. It pisses me off, and it's BS. Look, aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome, everybody. This is the second official episode and my first interview for the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast. And I'm super excited, as I said last week that I would be, to have Irma Jennings with us today, not only for her expertise and her wonderful personality, and we're going to have some fun, but also because she is a bone health expert. And as she says on her website, and I've always felt the bones are the foundation of our our health, our longevity, our ability to go and do and be. Yes, the muscles play a huge role because they interact with the bones, clearly, but the bones are the foundation of our being, our human being. So Irma, thanks for joining us. And I know you have lots and lots of stuff, so I won't go on too long, but I do want to just give people a little bit, like a tiny bit about who you are, and you're going to tell us how you got here. Okay. So you are a former New York City woman, just like myself. Yes. And you went from the boardroom on Wall Street to the cutting board, which I love, as an expert in the foods that keep our bones healthy and longevity of healthy bones, not just like, let's be healthy on 30, but every decade to come has its own different needs, right? And you have mastered all of that, including the foods, which I'm excited to hear about because I have to admit, I'm um, I'm not such a good herbal tea plant kind of green things girl. I love vegetables. When you start drying them and putting them in teas and tinctures and stuff, I'm not that good. But you're going to show me some, you're going to show us all some stuff that will make it easy to get started in that direction. You're a graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, one of the early ones, right? The program is much different now, I think, 2003. Mm -hmm. And uh, your diagnosis of osteopenia, which I have said before is a marketing term, but it's a marker for people to get, like it wakes them up and go, oh, I have this thing. Mm-hmm. Let me pay attention. And that's what started you on this journey for your own healthy bones and then to help others, you know? But go a little bit deeper. I want to know about, so you're working on Wall Street, you're being trusted with people's money right. to make more money for them, I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. And it was all great until it wasn't. What happened? The stress. The yeah. stress. And it was in the 70s to the 90s. So it was me as a woman, you know, crawling out of the underneathness of, well, you're just a woman. That fight became much bigger than the end goal. And I didn't know what the end goal was. It was not only about feeding my 401k or my IRA or knowing about the markets. And it was like, well, wait, wh- where's my happiness? And then I noticed that happiness was not part of my surrounding. I really liked working with men. I liked the whole competitive nature for a while. And then it became, I was looking for more depth of life. So I noticed that my, my life was crumbling, my bones were crumbling, mm. and um, something significant had to change. Now, when I say my bones were crumbling, I was getting a wake-up call to the osteopenia diagnosis. They weren't actually crumbling. But when I, when I started taking that deep dive, and I will say this, that and this comes up over and over again for women that I speak to, they go, they bring their DEXA reports, and their doctor says, oh my gosh, you have osteopenia. 
we need to stop this right now. Here's your script. And if you don't do this, X, Y, Z will happen. And they, they give you the picture of the woman walking, you know, with that, which is right. like, and the fear factor was so significant that I really had to weigh. And that was sort of, part, that was when I was, I felt the same thing on Wall Street, you know, the fear factor or the greed factor or whatever factor was driving was not the truth. And so I said, ah, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to do that. And he said, well, you know, good luck with that. And that comes up over and over again because I wasn't talking to the right doctor. I wasn't talking to an integrative or a functional doctor that says, okay, let's take a deep dive into the cause, into the reason behind what's going on, your internal working. So the bones do take us from our first step to the last. It's significant to really think about that because there's so much grace in that. I mean, when we take our first step, it's like, whoa. And when we take our last step, you know, we want to make sure that we can look back and say, it was a life well lived. Yeah. So I, I bring my skelly with me. I love skelly. Skelly wherever I go, because it's the metaphor. A skeleton lives, lives in the soul. And some people get really creeped out and they say, oh my gosh, it's a skeleton. It's like, but that's part of us. And I understand, but it is part of us. I use it as my metaphor because when I take a deep dive into the conversation with my bones, I usually look at it as a spiritual journey. Like really what's being asked of me now? Mm. What direction do I have to go to or go in? Whether or not it's living in New York City and moving, which I did do after 37 years, or leaving my 23 career Wall Street job and raising my son, which just took a tremendous amount of work and wasn't always joy-filled. It was an expansion for sure. And he taught me so much and he is a challenge and a, a, a blessing, an absolute blessing. But all those things, I, I wasn't really, they, they added to the purpose as far as moving out, being with my son, but it was still incomplete. Mm. And what I, what I realized is that I wanted to get to the bottom of my osteopenia. I wanted to learn how to cook and feed my bones. I wanted to learn all that I could about bone health. And then I, I wanted to share it. I wanted to teach mm. it. I wanted to acknowledge the bigger picture that you've just painted for us here about spirituality, about where, what is my next step? What am I being called to do? Right. Um, and you and I were talking a minute ago about something that is so important, but gets shut down in women and God, men don't even ask the questions, but when a woman has a question and she doesn't know where to turn, she sometimes will just say, like in your case, when you went to that doctor and he said, well, here's your bone prescription. And if you don't take it, well, good luck with that. And you and I both know, you know way more than I do about this, but the bone medications can be dangerous for many, many people, most people. And so either you take the medication and you go off hoping that it's the right thing because you've heard maybe, maybe they're not that good, or you don't take it, but then where do you turn? Who do you trust? Mm -hmm. Or I'm embarrassed, I should know these things, right? So I just want to encourage people that are hearing these conversations to never be afraid to reach out and ask the question. And if it only starts with myself or Irma, even if we're not the right person for that moment, maybe it's not about bones, maybe it's not about general health, we can probably point you in the direction of a trustworthy resource, and then you can take it from there. Because women are so good at that. Yeah. We're natural community builders and sharing of information, which is Absolutely. really phenomenal. So Absolutely. funny what you just said parrots what I said last week, but you know, it's all one big ball of energy when you really want to help people and dive into this. So, I, I, do, I do want to say one thing about sure. medication. Many women are afraid of medication. There are two key things. If you're losing bones, and I'll tell you how you know that, the bone loss has to be stopped. And if it, if it requires a temporary one or two year medication routine, that you're being followed by 
blood work and bone markers and things of that nature. Sometimes that needs to be done. Yeah, exactly. But what had been going on, if I had taken that script in 05, I would have been on it for 10 years. Mm. Fosamex for 10 years, there's been reports of spontaneous fractures, femurs breaking. You know, the, I, I would not have been watched. So the key thing is that the, bones have, the bone loss has to be stopped. And we really have to take a look at the fracture risk because ultimately this is what it's all about. You know, one out of two Americans over the age of 50 will develop osteoporosis. One out of two. Now, that's a huge number. And we are the baby boomers, but now we have a voice. We have a voice and we have a choice. And we can gain the knowledge. And it's not that we have to have a PhD in in bone density, but, you know, when we find reliable sources and we collect information, put the puzzle together, it's very, very helpful. Very Mm -hmm. helpful. I have to make a small confession here. I had a DEXA scan when I was 50, which I'm no longer. And then when I saw a new functional medicine doctor, when I talked about the guy who helps me with my thyroid, he said, when was the last time you had a dex? I said, oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. And I put it on and put it off. Why? Because it was stick my head in the sand. I was afraid the numbers had gotten worse and I didn't want to see them. Right. And I probably am not the only one. No. <laughs> How do we get over that fear of just seeing the first number? Right? It's like looking at the scale when you want to go on a diet, I guess, on January 1st, and you haven't been on the scale in a few years. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit worse because fat's sort of benign, but bone loss is scary. Oh, it's scary if we make it scary. So we naturally lose between a half to 1% a year. So we're going to have loss. It's, it's the aging process. It's like wrinkles. You know, mm-hmm. we don't call wrinkles a disease, but I mean, some people do, but it's <laughs> part of the aging process or thickening in the waistline, which is, by the way, I mean, I'm shocked that all of a sudden, I think this is the COVID problem that the thickening of the waistline but you know we have to look at these things and understand it's it's data and we're collecting data on ourselves and not to jump at the first option which may be scary but to say thank you very much for the information and i'm going to pursue some of i may be back i may not be back because ultimately i say this to people and they don't believe me we are the customers we are the medical customers the doctors are helping us and hopefully partnering with us but we're the consumers. Yeah. And, and we, still, we still, thank God at this moment, in 2020, the end of 2020, have choices. Now, you know, it's all within insurance and there's all, so many workarounds now. So many workarounds. So getting the information is key so you know. And then you start tracking it. But let's go back to the DEXA test because the DEXA test, there, there's such a big story about the DEXA test, but I'm going to just say it from this point. The DEXA test right now is the gold standard. And it measures one aspect of the bone, which is the bone density. That's the DEXA test. As time has progressed, now a new layer has been added to the test, which is a software that goes right on top of the DEXA machine. You don't see it plugged into it. That is the trabecular bone score. That that measures the bone quality. So you need both. You need to know the density and the quality. You can have very thin bones. You can be a small, thinned woman. That doesn't have a lot of density, but if your inner bone it has solid quality, that's a piece of data that you have to have. So I always recommend for anyone that comes to visit me on my site or we work together that you go and have the test, the DEXA test and the trabecular bone score done together. And I personally have done it at University of Penn. I like their system. I like their reporting. They give me a five-page full-color report, which I demand. I actually demand it. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to leave until I have that report. 
mm-hmm. because two years ago they ran me around. They can't print it up. I said, "You have printer? You have paper? You can print it." <laughs> so then I and then I keep a file and then I, I I track it. But the two tests are very very important because the first one can just scare the the living daylights out of you. But you need to have a full package of what's going on. It's almost like cholesterol now because mm-hmm. we used to just have know that there was an HDL and an LDL. Now we know that there are different particle sizes and the LDL number, the density of the LDL and the HDL make a huge difference in how the cholesterol is working in our body for us or against us. Totally, totally. That was a great comparison. Now it's interesting I have never heard until I met you about the trabecular bone score and why aren't more places telling us that we should add that and why isn't it just a part of it? Well, so it's a relatively new system. Okay. I think 2016, I don't know if I'm accurate on that. Okay. Uni- universities typically have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, university hospitals typically have it. I think that slowly it will trickle down as insurance kicks in. Insurance does cover it if you have the right script on Medicare, that your doctor knows how to write the code. Right. It's a whole other science. But I think it will start trickling down into more uh, radiologist offices especially as, as women demand it. When you ask the question, I want to make an appointment for my DEXA test, and do you have a trabecular bone score? This is what you'll get. What? <laughs> so then you'll say, well, let me talk to the radiologist. You ask the question, they'll say, what? So then you just you move on. So I've been working on accumulating different facilities that have the trabecular bone score because this is a bridging moment, and we're sort of bone warriors and getting to the truth. But this, it's an important piece. Yeah. And then, and then when you get a retest, when you get it tested again, which is every two years, Medicare reimburses every two years, and you want to do it around the same time. It's sort of fiscal, like date to date. And from the vitamin D level, it's important to have it tested around the same time. You don't want to take calcium beforehand, but you want to get it done at the same facility with the same machine. So here's the other thing. And this gets a little tricky because it's like, oh, stop it already. So a client of mine just had her DEXA test done. She said, same machine? Yes, same machine. We moved it to a new facility. Same machine? Yes, exactly the same machine. Same serial number? So she knew that question to ask. And they're like, huh? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't the same serial number. Same manufacturer, different serial number, which indicates a different machine. Her numbers were all, sk- they're all crazy, crazy. Wow. I mean, drastic change. And she said, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm going to go and get another test done. So here's the other thing. What people don't know is they can negotiate a price. If, let's say their doctor is not going to give them a script for a DEXA test and you call a facility and you want to have a DEXA test, you could pay out of pocket. And sometimes the terms are negotiable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had suggested to one client, so like, okay, that's a good price, but go back and see if you could do better. That was my Wall Street days coming up. Yeah, I was uh, <laughs> not necessary for everybody to do that, but do understand that the reins have been lifted as far as the restrictions. We can now get blood work away from the doctor's yes. offices. Mm-hmm. We can now get certain tests. We can get bone markers away from the doctor's offices. So that's um, an important piece to understand. Yeah, thank you for that. That's really important. So one more thing about the insurance and your work. Mm-hmm. This is not something that you have to worry about paying for with your insurance if you learn how to feed yourself well and move and do the right things to support healthy bones right? We're not, what I'm saying is we're not relying on the health insurance policy that we may or may not have, or we may or may not like to make changes to our lifestyle that benefit our bones. So you're saying, how can we empower ourselves? I could be. <laughs> Let's say you are asking that question. Okay. <laughs> 
because there are so many ways of doing it. First of all, being in community is so incredibly helpful because when, when one woman asks a, a question, it's, I had that question, I just didn't know who to ask. Daily getting exercise, moving your body, getting the oxygen moving around, even if it's simply walking around the block and then you can build up from there. You can walk around the block with weights. Just watch how you're holding yourself. You mm-hmm. can do qigong, you could do rebounding. Rebounding is not a impact for, for bones, but it, it works the lymphatic system and systems are all connected. Mm-hmm. So that's a great way to get the, uh, the heart beating and also to have the lymphatic system working. But do some form of exercise every day, even if it's climbing the stairs. I have a client, she's 70 plus, and she, I think it's 24 flights of stairs that she does up wow. and down. Yeah, and which, that's, that was my reaction when I first heard that. She's like, oh yeah, that's what I do. So we have tools in our house, I mean, unless we're living in a ranch. And if we're living in a ranch or a one layer, we can walk around the block. Yeah, for sure. Also, thinking about what we're eating. My biggest challenge in life is sugar. Mm. It's primarily my biggest challenge. I mean, I, I grew up and my go-to was sugar frosted flakes with a chaser of like a carnation instant breakfast. It was just pure oh, sugar. Oh, wow. Gosh, when my, when, you have this, you remember that? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, Frosted Flakes are, and my, my English husband still likes Frosted Flakes, but he doesn't get them very often unless his kids come to visit, which they're grown kids, but they're like, can we get Frosties? We never buy them for ourselves. Okay, fine. So yeah, once in a while, a but I always have to have a few, and they're just still so good. <laughs> they're so addictive. They're so good. They're fabulous. Yeah, yeah. So, Cocoa Puffs. Uh, Cocoa Puffs. Oh, you know. Yeah, okay. Just check out. All right, we're kindred. so when i first went to the dentist my dentist said to my mother she has more cavities than she has teeth oh goodness and uh you know we didn't know i was a child of the 50s and my sugar intake was just just massive so watch the sugar really watch the sugar pay attention if you're going to have sugar have high quality chocolate Mm -hmm. and not everybody likes chocolate but fruit is a good alternative and people say oh stop it but it does it satisfies that sweet tooth especially an apple with some fat, some like almond butter or something like that. That's my go-to breakfast a lot of days, an apple with Mm. almond butter, peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. So watching the diet and one of the problems that, or the the food choices, one of the problems that my clients tell me, well, not a problem that they tell me, but they say to me, every one of them, I eat so well, (laughs) no problem my diet. So, So tell me, what do you have? Well, each morning I have this, which is the same thing for the last 20 years, literally. Somebody said that to me. Wow. Uh, which is a problem because we want not only boredom, but we want rotation in the gut. Exactly. We want the gut to work. We want the microbiome to say, what is this? Oh, I have to, you know, let's wake this up and do the right thing around this. But then she'll say, and every day, every day I have a spinach salad. Wow. And she pauses. Smiles. <laughs> and I said, well, that's a problem. She said, why? I said, because spinach is full of oxalates and you're not getting any of the calcium from the spinach. So understand that if you think you're getting calcium, you're not. Now you can add some calcium, you can add some cheese. Some people don't eat cheese, but I want them to try to understand that rotation of green leafy vegetables, vegetable in general, are so vitally important. And protein. Women do not get enough protein. You need about half your weight in grams of protein broken up through the day. Mm -hmm. So there are remedies for that. There are protein shakes there are whey there's whey powder i don't particularly go for that stuff because i like whole foods i like to chew but i will say potassium is important for bones as well 
I have two tablespoons of a whey powder in my coffee. That's totally yummy. It's goat. It's goat whey, so it works well for me. But protein is key. And I interviewed a doctor, a functional doctor, who is a vegetarian, and she was eating her full weight in protein because she was doing extensive exercise, weight training and, and a lot of cross training. Mm-hmm. And she shared with me how she gets her protein. It was relatively easy. It's a lot of bars, a lot mm-hmm. of salads with beans. She's a vegetarian, so beans. Yeah. And my go-to is, and a lot of people say, ugh, but you know, give me a can of sardines. <laughs> give me a can of sardines or give me a piece of steak that I'll cook once and eat over three days. Yeah, um, we do that. Yeah, or chicken or animal protein is is my go to go to, and, and both of us are so lucky to live in this area. We we have access to very high quality produce and and uh, animal protein. Yeah, and humanely raised animal protein. Yes, is a big yes. Component of. Let me just ask you about the acid alkaline mm. balance, which I know some people will have known, heard of, not heard of, but isn't an acid when you were talking about the stress from your job when you were still in New York. Yeah, in the financial industry, we have stress that adds an acid to our system. Then we put foods in that may be acidic, and if we don't have the vegetables you were talking about, that gets out of whack. Is that not also damaging to the bone strength? Totally damaging to the bones because the bones want to buffer the acid and they release calcium. So Mm -hmm. that's that's a problem. Yeah, and some people get very very focused on that, and I I don't because I don't want my clients to say I can't do it. So I just say eat green leafy vegetables, have a lot of vegetables, any protein source, an animal protein source, use it as a condiment. But really think about what your thoughts are. If you're moving your body, are you angry at your husband or your spouse or your friend or whatever? Are you carrying anger or COVID anger, whatever it is? Because all that is really demoralizing for your your health and your body and your bones. So I don't want to sound trite, but shift that around if at all possible, either through meditation or one of the things I tell my people is to eat mindfully. And there's something magical that happens with eating mindfully, which is the process is so amazing because when you put your fork or your spoon into something and you bring it to your mouth and you pause, and you look at it, the mouth starts filling up with saliva and amylase, which is the, the enzyme needed to break down protein, starts saying, oh boy, here we go. We're not so excited. We're going to get food, right? So it's allowing that process to really happen because you're doing it mindfully. You're looking at this. And then you're thinking, wow, that's so beautiful. That green leafy vegetable is so pretty. Or that prune is so wrinkled. Or whatever it is you're about to ingest, because prunes are really good for bones. You have that moment. You have that moment before you ingest it. And then you put the food in your mouth, you close your eyes, and you chew. I tell people to chew until it becomes liquid. 20, 20 times. From- I think that's what we learned when we were in high yeah. school or something, 21 yeah. times. I get made fun of all the time because I'm the slowest eater because I chew my food till it's liquid almost. Till it's liquid. And then what happens? Then the digestion says, oh, thank goodness. The teeth are saying, you're letting me do my job. The whole system is saying, thank you. Mm-hmm. So to do that, I, and I suggest to my people, eat one meal a day in a mindful way. Mm-hmm. Even if it's drinking your morning beverage. Just sitting there and feeling the heat on your hand, I, I suggest that people going back to the acid alkaline balance to start their day with hot water and lemon, mm-hmm. maybe even a pitch of cayenne pepper because that really helps the venous, the, the vascular system. And to, to hold the cup and to really not check email, not just do one more thing, you know, to, to be with it. So that, that helps bring down the stress, bring down the acidity of the moment, and you're feeling at peace, which is mm-hmm. a very cool thing. Mm-hmm. 
so we're doing green leafies, we're doing protein. What things do you say are absolutely, just for you, non-negotiable, not that you have them every day, but I've added this to my diet, some herbal tea or some supplement or something that relates to bones. So um, vitamin D, you know, vitamin D is all over the place because uh, there are functional doctors that will say it should be at 70 nanograms per milliliter. And there are others in the bone community that say 45. Mm -hmm. So I'm using that range, 45 to 70. So I will take a vitamin D supplement. In the summertime, I go outside. But it depends on where the sun is in the sky, whether or not you're going to get the vitamin D. The vitamin D or the sun hits the skin. You need the cholesterol on the skin to convert it to vitamin D. Then it goes into the system. It goes into that magical aspect, which we call the body, that just does amazing things. Amazing things. So... I take vitamin D supplement. I take 5,000 international units during the wintertime. And I'm going to test my vitamin D twice a year. I will go out of pocket. Just a very quick story about that. I had a script for vitamin D. I brought it to Quest. They said, okay, that's not covered. Why? I have the script. Nope. The, no, the coding is wrong. And that will cost you $244 out of pocket. <laughs> that's not going to happen. So I went back to the doctor, had them write another one. You know, it just kept going back and forth, back and forth. Finally, another doctor wrote ahead the right script, and, and it, was, it was part of the program. It was part of Medicare reimburse it. But if you go to Life Extension or at any of these other facilities, any of these little labs, it costs about $34 to get vitamin D. It's a relatively inexpensive test. Yeah, you're, the, you're saying the test was going to cost 200 I thought you were talking about buying the vitamin D itself. No, right. no, yeah. no. The yeah. test itself was um, 244 out of pocket with Quest, but 34 through LabCorp. Now, vitamin D is a relatively inexpensive supplement. Super inexpensive. Super inexpensive. So I, I absolutely have that. I have K2 in the form of so MK4 and MK7. So you can get vitamin K2 with egg yolks and Gouda cheese, brie cheese. So if you're a, a cheese eater, natto, where people, I don't know, have you ever had natto? Natto, natto. Can't do natto. I cannot. I tried because so, I tried? Good for my heart and other things. It, it's so you know. It's it's to me. It's like whiskey. First okay, time you take it. Like, natto is there. Are people that don't know what natto is. So natto is a fermented soybean. It's a staple in Japan. It's usually consumed. I think in the morning time. The way they serve it is over a bowl of pearled white rice and typically some seaweed on top and maybe some tamari. So I made it once with brown rice and the natto. And uh, so, so natto has a stringy light substance to it. So there are a lot of different senses that are like, whoa, like the smell. It's got a stinky cheese smell, but I like rice cheese. Slimy. Slimy? I mean, slimy. slimy. You said stringy. I'm, I'm thinking slimy. I don't slimy. Know. Or, or what is the, um, that other vegetable that has the slime? Mm. Okra. Yeah. Okra. 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 I love okra, yeah. but I don't like natto. Well, because so, okra doesn't have the odor. And it's not a lot. Like a bite of okra is a little thing. Natto kind of just never stops being natto as you're trying to get it into your mouth. And, or at least so, that was my experience, but I was trying with chopsticks the way they would have. Right, 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 right. But I added seaweed and then I chopped up cucumber and then I added a little tamari with a little, I mixed something else with a little, little drop of um, maple syrup, just a little drop to offset some of the flavors. And I was eating, I was like, oh, this is good. Oh. Now, so what happened is because vitamin K2 came around like, oh my God, it's for heart, it's for bones, everybody's got to have it. Then you had people like Dr. Mercola 
extrapolating the natto and making a supplement. So that's another way of mm -hmm. getting a fermented natto. So I do that. I don't take calcium. I get my calcium through food. Now, not everybody can do that, but there are ways of working around. So calcium, if you take a calcium supplement, you're taking calcium carbonate, which is the cheaper, let me go to Walgreens or Walbombs or whatever, one of the walls, or the red-headed uh, person at the, you know, the, the supplement said, oh, buy this one. And it's carbonate and people are like, ah, oh, I'm so constipated, I can't. So constipation is a typical issue with bones or as we age or, and I love having a constipation story because it's been, <laughs> it's oh, been something. Your life is way more exciting than mine if you're loving constipation stories. <laughs> well, because it's, when I get to ask people, what do you do for it? And they eat prunes and prunes are, are prunes actually ignite the osteoblast, which is the bone building. Oh, wow. spell. Now, some people can't eat prunes. So you start slow. I have a dish that I make with chicken. Love. You love prunes? Love prunes? All right. So you're good. And you can cook with prunes. I have a chicken and prune dish with some olives. That's really good. So I asked them what they do. They have prunes. They have water. Oh, here's one thing I want to. Gerald oh. Steiner, mineral water, high in calcium, high in magnesium. This is a great oh. water. And I tell everyone to try to drink a bottle a day. And then people will say, it's so expensive. And I'll say, let's break that down a little bit. Really? Do you go to, do you go to Starbucks? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's a choice. It's a choice. But I love it. It's, it's effervescent. So it's thirst quenching for me. Okay. So I was getting off target. So I drink that bottle of water. I take my vitamin K, my vitamin D. My calcium is through food. And then I take things such as fish oil. And I take zinc take 30 milligrams of zinc right now during COVID. I take some vitamin C in a powdered form. But the bones need 19 vitamins and minerals, protein and fats. So it's not just calcium. And we keep thinking it's all right. about calcium. The body can ingest the amount of calcium that is the recommended daily allowance, the 1,200 milligrams. It can't take that in. So if you're taking calcium carbonate, which is the cheap one, versus there are so many now different types of calcium, but you need to break it up over time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 300 roughly 300 milligrams per serving three times a day, three, six, nine, that's nine. And then you get the rest from food, but you could sort of gauge that. And again, I, some people track, they do track. There's so many tracking devices out there. My fitness pal, chronometer, you can actually see at the end of the day, how much calcium am I taking in or midday and then say, Oh, I think I'll either take a supplement right now, or some people will sprinkle some calcium carbonate, the powdered into soup or into a smoothie or into a glass of warm water and drink it. Now, so, there, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Isn't there a danger? Because you mentioned that the bones need more than calcium, mm -hmm. minerals and all these other things. And the bone supplement that I take is a vegetarian-based, it's got seaweed and things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, boron, magnesium, all these things are in there in, mm -hmm. through plant sources. But is there a danger of just taking calcium on its own? I mean, a danger in that something's being left out, or is that better than nothing? I don't really know the answer to that okay. because that's what the market wants you to believe. And I don't, I think everything has to be tested. I think that we are so individual to get mm -hmm. the proper blood work, to look at the calcium in our blood work, to see if it's below 10, which is the number that we want to stay below. But what I'm hearing you ask is that if we do calcium alone, will it tilt us, right? right. Will it make us imbalanced? Because it's sort of like the Lipitor thing, right? I have high cholesterol. I'm going to take Lipitor, but I'm still, still going to eat brie cheese. You know, it's like, I'm going to take my calcium so I can then, then go back to my red wine constantly or, or whatever. 
it's a balance. It's just a balancing act. And I think that it's very important to keep in balance what you're putting into your mouth. So if you're not eating a well-rounded whole foods diet, it's not good. It's, I mean, this is one thing that we can do to help ourselves in an easy way. And I'm just talking easy, like a salad with beans or salad with animal protein. And the salad should be romaine, lettuce, watercress. These are low oxalate greens. Kale, some people can eat raw kale or even cook kale. You don't want to cook kale on a salad, but you know, to, to diversify, but to, to, to eat whole foods. And that also helps to buffer the acid alkaline scenario without having to overthink it, look at charts and do all that other stuff, which is available. And you can do it because it's great oh, to yeah. learn about that stuff. Yeah, some people like to geek out on the science. and the Love to geek out. I love yes. infographics. I think designers who do really great infographics are like amazing because it's not me. My brain doesn't work graphically, but there are plenty out there is what I'm saying. If somebody wanted to go on into the Google, as I call it, hit images and then type in calcium or bones, needed minerals for the bones, infographic, they might find, and, and food too, that's, you can easily get lots of information on what foods have what levels of calcium and other things. And most foods don't come with just one mineral or nutrient, no. right? That's why we want a well-balanced diet. And that's why when they isolate a single nutrient, that's why I'm thinking about this calcium added, like a supplement on its own, you'd never find calcium even in the shells that they start out from, right? In the ocean, mm. that shell doesn't just have calcium. It's with a mixture of all things, which is why you need the foundation of food because food has all those things combined. And then we add, we supplement, that's the word supplement. We add in what's missing from our diet, not that we rely on them to do all the work. Yes, that's the ultimate goal. But yeah. the, farm, the nutraceutical goal is saying we're too busy. So we're going to help you with supplements. And you know, that's okay. Yeah. It's better to do it with food. But if you can't because the time is not there. But because one thing you would ask me about is that I really had a problem with cooking. And my first meal that I'd like to share is a, I cooked a meal that I was very excited about. It was beef bourguignon. It was way beyond, way beyond my capacity. And I had my Wall Street friends over. And women on Wall Street were just very tough. <laughs> But I was very excited and I was cooking all day and the apartment smelled and, and they sat down at the table and said, oh, it smells very good. And they, they spooned it down, they brought it up to their mouth and they tasted it and said, oh, it's dog food or it tastes like dog food. And it was just so heartbreaking. And it did. It was like Alpo. And I thought, okay, all right. So I just got to, I have to get better. I just have to get better. And it could have easily been the end of it all, but I was so curious about flavors. And then having traveled around the world with spices from India and Thailand mm. and the food markets, and you see them, it's like, I'm missing something quite significant, which is the spices. And we'll go back to the, the herbal teas that you had mentioned earlier, because the spices really bring a, a tremendous amount of spice to our life. Now, start slow. I added cumin to my scrambled eggs. I added coriander to the scrambled eggs. And all of a sudden I realized, wow, this, this sort of doughy kind of scrambled egg kind of plain protein can really come to life in a, in mm. a beautiful way. And cumin is a great, great spice for bones. Mm. So I want to go back to the uh, herbal teas because herbal teas are a great mid-afternoon go-to, or some people are caffeine-free, which is ideal. Not necessarily important because I drink caffeine. I had an espresso before I got here, a little earlier. I had it mindfully and it was just incredibly delicious. 
But teas like nettle tea, nettle teas are incredible. You can actually grow them in your garden. You can grow them here, Greg. I don't know if you do that kind of thing, but nettles are just wild here. Yeah, you know, we have lots of nettle. And lots of nettles. Yeah. Stinging nettles, and you dry them out. Stinging. No? You, you, you make a face? No, you don't think so? No, they sting. They're called stinging nettles because they get in your skin and you can't find the thing that's making your skin irritated and itchy, but it's those little hairy bits that come off the nettles. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, and I, I, as I said before, I'm not a big herbal tea lover. Green tea I can do, matcha, nice, nice. But anything that comes <laughs> from garden like dandelions, I just, I don't know what it is. It just, I've tried. Doesn't work, doesn't work for you. Not my just thing. doesn't work for you. Well, the one thing that I did about nettles, we grew them and we dehydrated them in a dehydrator. We dehydrate our nuts here. We dehydrate many things. So easy to do. You just soak something, not with the nettles. You soak your nuts, put them in the tray, go to sleep, wake up and say, ah, they're done. <laughs> easy, easy, really easy. But with the nettles, we dehydrated them. And, and the stickers, the, the uh, stinging nettles actually lay down. And then if you don't like them as tea, I put them into my bone broth. Or oh, in vegetable okay. broth. Yeah, yeah. And they're incredible. They're so rich in calcium that they're a great go-to. Dandelion, I get it. It's bitter. Bitter is better for kidneys. Yeah. Kidneys in Chinese medicine has the bones. So you want to mm-hmm. love your kidneys. But if you don't like them in a tea, you could always have them in the summertime or springtime. You could pick them from the garden and put them into your salad. Red clover is another really great yeah, clover tea. I like. I actually like, I've had clover tea too, which is pretty good. I just forget about things. You know, it's... We're creatures of habit, right? I know, I know. I have a beautiful assortment of teas because I have lots of friends that love tea and they stay over mm. while they used to. Nobody stays over anymore, of course. I look up there some days and I think, I'm going to have a, yeah, I'm just going to have my regular English tea because it's right there and then I don't have to think about which one. And Yeah. But in January, I think I'm going to, my thing about a healthy foundation of food and how to change is not what am I going to deprive myself of, but what am I going to add in? Mm-hmm. because if I add something in that's good for me, likely something else is going to have to move out because there's only room for so much in a day of food. And I can certainly get a lot in. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. And not to overwhelm yourself and then you go into yeah. judgment and then, you know, what happens, that downward spiral, I'm not good enough or whatever that conversation is. We, we don't want that. Yeah. No, adding in, adding in, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. But when I'm, when it's Christmas and I've made, cookies and things for everybody and mailed boxes and boxes that are now lost and God knows where. But I save a few for myself. And as I'm eating my pecan diamonds that I work so hard to make, I say, damn it, I deserve this. I am good enough. I'm having this. It's wonderful. It's Christmas. I don't think deprivation is... is I am so not about deprivation. No, no. And, and the red wine thing, I had red wine last night and it was so good. Just so good. I don't... Yeah, I do it maybe... I used to drink it a lot. I, I just don't have that desire as much anymore because I next day I have to apologize for things. Like oh. You know, it's just like, but I do, I do like the flavor. And when I, what I do is I, I often cook with it. Yeah. I mean, that's just not another way of working around, but I say, you know, have red wine, just watch what you're drinking, watch how you are with it and watch how you feel after it. So a couple glasses a week is fine. I don't know. What do you think about that? Oh, I'm a big wine fan. Mm-hmm. And I do cook with it. Because, you know, if a bottle is open and it doesn't get drunk in a day, it's too. For me, it's, I'm not, so it goes in a closet. And when I'm making a saute, a stir fry, or like last night we had my husband, who's just recuperating from knee, whole total knee replacement surgery, as you know. So I'm cooking everything for him. So it's great because I get to manage how much he eats and what he gets and rotations of food. <laughs> but anyway, I made a little 
piece of pork loin for him. And I put it in the pan and I threw in some red wine and veggies and covered it, made a little, I don't know, mini, it wasn't even a stew. It wasn't cooked that long, but the red wine flavor with the pork was really nice. So like you, I cook with it. Yeah. I think again, it's, I always say excess in moderation. So you're going to have one glass <laughs> at night, a couple of days a week, or you're going to have three with your girlfriends in one night. It, you know, some nights it's excess. Some nights it's just a glass of wine with dinner. I don't feel well after I drink too much, but. No, me either. But you touched on something, sitting around with your girlfriends having wine. Sitting around with your girlfriends is just beautiful medicine. Mm-hmm. Beautiful Absolutely. medicine. Yeah. Well, and, and there was a study um, a couple of years ago. I don't remember who I read it maybe Dr. Sinatra, Stephen Sinatra, mm-hmm. or his wife, because she talks more about community for the heart and connection. And there was a study that said that as we age, most importantly as we age, but important all our lives, we have to keep strong connections to people that get us and that we like to be around. And if that does not include our family, sorry, family members, but we should spend less time with them and really mm-hmm. nurture the people in our lives that make us feel good, no matter where they they could be the grocery store clerk that you always go on Thursdays because you know she's working doesn't matter it was a really interesting study that even those little micro relationships yes. but especially with the girlfriends the friends or guy friends that make us feel like home and that say, get it that get us yeah that we, we can say things or ask questions and it's it's not like oh there she goes again yeah. <laughs> or the one friend I think we've probably all had a friend like this and maybe not as we age but. There's never a give and a take. It's like you pick up the phone and it's like, hi, and 45 minutes later, the person's still telling you the trauma and drama that has occurred. And then how are you? I'm done. I don't know how I am anymore. (laughs) But those are stressful relationships and I just don't find them necessary. No, energy drain. Absolutely not. And that made me think about something because one of the things that I think women think as we get older is that we don't need as much sleep. Uh-huh. And that is so wrong. The bones actually rebuild in the nighttime as we mm-hmm. sleep. So we want to get a solid seven to eight hours of sleep a night. And it's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for many. And when I talk with my clients about sleep hygiene, they're like, like I don't want to talk about it. It's like, well, what works? You know, what's your routine? What's your nighttime routine? Right. And, and that's I, all sleep hygiene is, is a routine. It sounds really like another thing I have to do, but no. it's making the same thing happen. Right. Right. Brush your teeth, floss. I have a, a water pick, which I love. I have an electric toothbrush, which I love. You don't have a water pick? I, I don't have a tooth- water pick. You might want to reconsider because I said to my dentist, who I really like, I interviewed him about this whole lemon water because all of my clients are saying, oh my God, my teeth enamel, they're going to be damaged if I drink lemon water. And he's like, no, no, no. You brush your teeth to get rid of the sort of the plaque and the film from the night before. You have your lemon water and then you rinse your mouth out. You're good. You're going to be good to go because it's so healthy for you. But I said to him, so tell me about water pick. What do you think? And he's not a product pusher. He's a regular straight line, very thorough dentist. He said, I hope this is okay to say. He said, it's masturbation for your mouth. You do not need it. And I said, Oh, I don't. anyway, I got one and I am so happy. And it's not about that. I, I was going to say, and now you realize we're all going, well, of course we know why she's so happy. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not about that. I am amazed after you brush your teeth, how much is hanging out in your mouth? I do notice that. I do a lot more. I carry these little picks around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brush. Just yeah. because even when I'm done, like an hour later, even if I haven't eaten, I'm like, uh-huh. I feel yeah. like I'm done. 
Yeah, and you can't be picking your teeth in front of people. It's just like so yesterday. You can't do it. No, but this water pick, wow, wow. Wow, so. water picks, huh? Okay. <laughs> we have bones up here where our teeth are. I'm just thinking yeah, like yeah, where, yeah, yeah, so yeah. like that doesn't, we think it's like here go the bones, but yeah. here are the bones as well. And so if we're not taking care of the teeth and the pockets get big and the decay gets in right, there, right. I would imagine... I mean, not only that it can lead to inflammation and heart disease. Right. Bad gum disease equals yes. bad problems going on elsewhere. So I'm just wondering, does it also impact our jaw? So uh, th there's a couple layers around that. So people feel and fear that osteonecrosis, which is the, if they're on a bisphosphonate, that they are going to be subject to um, I've heard osteonecrosis. That. It's a very, very small number. So there are okay. a couple of pictures out there on the internet. It's been like splashed all around and people are like, another reason why I can't take it. A bone drug, the bisphosphonate, but the teeth are very, very related. Gum health is very related to bone health. And when I was getting my teeth cleaned by the hygienist at the dentist's office, she said, "Oh, you have, mm, yeah, like tenacious calculus." I was like, "I don't well, know that term. I don't know that term." And I was like, "Is that I, a personality yeah, flaw?" So. <laughs> Pardon, what? I think it sounds like a badge of honor. Tenacious. Ten well, so, so he, the dentist comes in and he says, oh, I see some tenacious cal calculus. And I said, okay, so is that plaque? Let's just speak my language. So he says, yeah. oh, it's plaque, but it's, it's really, you know, latched on there. He said, so is that part of your personality? You know, a dentist never really asked me that question before. And I thought, oh. it is, you know, I have a tenacious personality. I'm like, you know, if I, if I have a subject, like I'm not taking the, I'm not taking Fosmex. If I, if I want to take a deep dive, that's my tenacious calculus going on. <laughs> like, that is okay. so interesting that he so, that. so interesting that he asked. But when we talk about inflammation, because that's one thing that you had mentioned with heart disease, with mouth, it's so, so key to really do everything that we can to reduce inflammation as we get older. Part of that is to ditch the sugar. Part of that is to get good sleep. Part of that is to reduce stress in any way and, and to exercise. So I had another... I had a woman who was into, well, she's not into it, but she formed an organization called Sharp Again Naturally, which is focusing on dementia. And she was drawing the correlation because there are now three studies. One is a very large observational study of 60,000 people over 20 years that was linking osteoporosis with dementia. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oof. And the, the one common thread in there, away from the APOE4 gene, which I can't get into because I that's we don't have the time. It's a whole another conversation. But what can we do? So now that we see that we have inflammation and we see that we have osteoporosis and maybe we have dementia in the family, maybe we have a dementia and osteoporosis in the family. It's like lions and tigers and bear. Oh my gosh. You know, I, so it's like, okay, take a couple steps back. What can we do? One step at a time, one day at a time. Let's get more loving relationships in our life. Let's eat our food mindfully. Let's exercise. Let's bring the stress down. Let's really look at the inflammation. And Inflammation can be checked with, with blood work. So to really be your own steward, right? To really hold your body as sacred because we only have it for a short period of time. That is for sure. And when it is in despair, all of every moment of our day is reflected that way back to us. If we're in pain, if we're not, if we're crooked, if something is in our mind, like, oh my God, I have osteopenia, right? Like, so... Those things just foment and create more stress and more inflammation. All of these I talked about the last last week. How much our thinking affects 
Totally. This internal system. Right. It does. There's no getting away from it. The whole thought process is a very, very interesting study. If we have positive thoughts, if we have positive friends, if we have positive views on life, and then when suddenly a bad piece of news comes around, it's like, okay, I can manage that. I can manage that versus I can't take one more thing. You know, I'm full. Mm-hmm. I'm full with the bad news, with the bad stuff. I got so stuck in, you know, stuck in the whole COVID thing. I was tracking. It's like, oh, no, 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 stop. Or I'm going to stop. It's my tenacious calculus probably coming forward. It was like, this is not doing good for you or anybody else. What you need to do is take care of yourself every single day, every moment. Not by being totally focused on like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything without, you know, because I'm, I'm hurting my bones or whatever, but just to be mindful. Mm-hmm. But before we go, because osteoporosis is real and osteopenia is viewed as the precursor, I will challenge that, to osteoporosis, the one thing that we want to know is we want to know if we have it because ultimately we want to prevent fractures. That's the driving goal. How do we prevent, how do we keep our bones strong and how do we prevent fractures? Mm-hmm. Now, so fractures, even if we don't have osteoporosis, as we get older, we get mindless. Like how many times have you said when you walk into a room, why am I here? Or where did I put my cell phone? And if you have it on silence and you can't even yeah. call yourself, yeah. that's a that's double right. whammy. So it's really you know, paying attention and, and paying attention to every time you put your feet on the ground. How am I walking up the stairs? How am I walking down the street? How am I physically in my body? Because when you're more aware of every step, then there's a less chance of tripping because tripping is going to happen. We want to make sure that we just reduce that. And interestingly enough, as we get older, typically when we're falling, we'll put our hands down to break the fall. So we'll have the wrists, break the wrists. As we get older, we lose our ability to put the arm, our reflexes are gone. They, they diminish as we get older. So then we, then we fall on the hip. So oh, interesting. You know, I didn't know why we had so many hip fractures in falling. Versus wrist and elbow, you know. We, ha- we have a lot of wrists. There are a lot of wrists. In fact, I have osteoporosis of my wrist because I went to the facility that I went to did the forearm because it's just another measure of what's going on in the bones. You can have, and I don't mean to get off track right at the end, but your bones can indicate that they're getting stronger and stronger with age. They can. It also can be arthritis. Which disguises. I was ask you about the, com- the relationship, if any. Yeah. Yeah. So they will they will sort of disguise the the DEXA test. So you want to have the trabecular bone score to see the inner workings. You want to test your forearm to see if there's osteoporosis in your body, mm-hmm. and you, you don't want to run away. You want to find community that says, "Okay, who can I ask these questions of?" No, I think you have a community that people can go and ask this question of. Yeah. Tell us about it quick. So it's called My Bones Tribe, and it's a community where we're about 38 women, and I talk about all things related to bones. I help people go through the whole nuances of getting their DEXA test and trabecular bone score, what to ask the insurance company and what to ask their doctor. I teach them how to cook for strong bones. I have a, a food program. I have a, there's a lots and lots of stuff that I offer. I did a deep dive on oxalates and calcium. It's a nine-page document. I did an infographic. You'll be happy to know. <laughs> hey, I can't wait to see it. And then I have an 81-page ebook on a seven-day meal plan and how I got to the choices that I made for all the recipes. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, why this, not that? Very why this, not? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And your website is food, food for, for healthy bones, and that's the number four. The number four, both work, but number four. Oh, okay. 
And I think you have something for our listeners. I did a tip sheet, this 10 bone powering tips that okay, I... Cool. And that'll be on this page. If you're listening to this, just scroll down the page and you'll see that you can download that tip mm-hmm. sheet. And in that tip sheet, I do, for people that are local, I do mention the facility that I got, that I get my DEXA test at. So it's there for you with a telephone number, if that's something that, because once you have a script, you can go pretty much anywhere. Yeah. And these days, most docs give a DEXA scan at the very least. So if you can ask to have that trabecular bone score added. You want that trabecular bone score? Just I have people. I'm gonna get it. I didn't like I said. I didn't know until my friend forwarded your email about a month and a half ago. I was like, "What is this?" Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I travel an hour and a half to get this test. I do it every two years. It's like it's a just a it's little a pilgrimage, a pilgrimage, <laughs> or, <laughs> depending on what country you're in, I guess. Exactly, exactly. But you know, when we think about, oh my gosh, I have to do that for this. It's like it's one day or it's a half a day. Well, and gosh, you know, to prevent from a fracture or an unknown. That's the thing. If you know you have a susceptibility to something mm-hmm. and you're working to make it less susceptible, you're going to be more mindful of doing things or not doing things because you have this potential. Like if I have a hip with osteoporosis and I'm working on keeping that from getting worse, I'm going to be more mindful about how I'm walking, how I do stairs, what I'm carrying on which side, you know, all those things. So Again, where we started was data. Data is so important, right? When I said I didn't want to go get my DEXA scan. It's important that we know our numbers. It's important. Yes. Herman Jennings, this has been so much fun. I told everybody we'd have fun, and we did. (laughs) And um, I don't know. The water pick is definitely high on my list of things to research. And it's the holidays. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Buy myself a what Friday. I don't even know what sales there are anymore. It's all one big gigantic sale every time I open my inbox. Like people I know, it's amazing. But um, anyway, I would love to have you back in another, I don't know, six months or so. And we can Great. spend some more time on food and recipes and that kind of thing. Maybe we'll cook together. That would be so cool. We right? should. Chef and yeah. yeah, but I'll be cooking like, you know, the tenderloin and having a big glass of red wine and you'll be over here making healthy food. <laughs> Like I said, it's all so good. part of a good, balanced life totally. to enjoy the things that make life enjoyable. And, and how much you enjoy living. Look at you. You're fabulous, <laughs> really. I do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. That is the end okay. of the episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Thanks for joining, and I will be back next week. I hope you will, too. Bye. Bye. That's the end of another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If there's anything that you heard or hear when you tune in that you think would benefit a friend, a sister, a mother, hey, even some guys, send them my way, would you? And if you've not ever been to the website, rebelliouswellnessover50.com, head on over there. There are resources, things that I don't always get to on the podcast that might help you age better. Be well till next time and stay that way.